أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد First of all, I wanted to thank the MSA Midwest Conference organizers for affording me this opportunity to uh, speak. Uh, even though it may look like I'm an extra from Lord of the Rings, but uh, I actually was myself. I'd like to believe not too long ago, although to be fair, it has been a while. I actually myself was uh, an MSA member. I was also the president of our MSA. We did all sorts of uh, all sorts of things. It was a very important time in our life, and uh, uh, you know, I count myself as one of those few select and elect MSA for life members. Uh, some people may find that sad, but I don't care. Uh, why? Because it was a good time. It was a good time in our life. It was a time when we used to wake up and we used to go to sleep. We used to pray. We used to work. We used to think, plan, meet people, make friends, and even make some enemies for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you look at this room, uh, although it seems like we're kind of at the midday lull uh, in terms of attendance, but if you look at this room, inshallah, when it's at its best. Uh, um, the believers are described as those who listen to what's said, and then they follow and they focus and they concentrate on the best of it. That when this room is at its peak, when it's shining, when it's full, when everybody is here at their rapt attention, you will see a snapshot of this community not as it is, but as it should be. Not as it is, but as it should be. Because if you go back to our masajid, if you go back to our jama'at, uh, you will see people are divided by race, You'll see people are divided by socioeconomic status. You'll see people are divided by uh, ideological orientation. You'll see people will find any excuse to divide themselves. But when you're in the MSA, that's not what's happening. You meet each other and you separate from each other for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. When the time comes to pray, you all pray together. You are what the community should be and what it needs to be. And I'm proud. I'm proud. Any misfah I have toward that. I'm proud of it. And I can confidently say um, any, uh, any, any organization in the United States of any significance, all of it started from the, uh, from the MSA. And there's a lot of work yet to be done. So moving beyond that, I was invited to speak at uh, MSA West, uh, which is like MSA Midwest, but with better weather. Um, I was invited to speak at MSA West, which was an organization that many of the attendees there probably didn't know I was one of the like, first members of when I was in university, um, about a topic that's similar to what I wanted to share with you today. Uh, Brother Omar, he asked me if I could come and speak here, and without hesitation, I said yes, for the reasons we mentioned. But then, like, you know how you go to a car rental place? Most of you are probably too young still, like you're under 25, so then we'll give you a rental car without like, you know, paying extra bond or insurance or whatever, right? But what happens, you go to a car rental place, if you're cheap or broke, like, you know, mashallah, the, uh, the, the intellectual class, uh, you'll rent like Hyundai Accent, right? Because it's cheap. And then you're like, well, 
it's not only cheap, it's gonna take less gas, and I'm not gonna be going anywhere like 120 miles, right? So you, every every so often you get to the get to the front counter and they'll say, you know what, we're out of Hyundai accents. The only thing we have left is a Jaguar. The only thing we have left is the Benz. The only thing we have left is like the Escalade or the Escapade or whatever, you know? And so this kind of happened for you guys, which is what? Brother Omar asked me to come and speak. And again, without hesitation, I took the invitation. And then what ended up happening is that by the Qadr of Allah Ta'ala, because we don't believe in luck, by the Qadr of Allah Ta'ala, Sheikh Hashim Ahmed uh, was coming to visit us. And uh, he will be up on the stage to speak very shortly. I'm going to basically yield whatever part of time I have, inshallah, for his talk. Sheikh Hashim is a very interesting person. And this ties in actually with what I wanted to say and what I said when I was speaking to MSA West. That he was born some, somewhere around 70 years ago in Cleveland. And he accepted Islam in the 60s um, as a kind of culmination of the process of being a hippie. You guys know what a hippie is, right? Woodstock, all that other stuff. He was a musician. And uh, he lived in uh, Southern California, which was incidentally decades later where I would be born and grow up. And who here, like, you know, like rich and famous people, they're all really happy, right? No. None of them are happy. Most of them will kill themselves before they reach the age of 30. By commission or omission, drug overdose, something or another. This is what ends up happening, right? Um, anyone here over the age of 35? Someone in the back. You guys remember Nirvana? Anyone know what Nirvana is? Like, not the Buddhist concept of enlightenment, but the band, right? Kurt Cobain. It's in every generation, like, just like Jimi Hendrix when Shay Hashim was our age, just like that Kurt Cobain. He was at the top of his career. He was on the top of the world. He was actually married. He had a family, everything. He took a 12-gauge shotgun, put it in his mouth, and blew his brains out. Why? It's the natural culmination of a process of realizing that this world, this dunya, is, is empty. There's nothing there. And many of us will spend our lives and learn that lesson when at the end of the line. Because we never had it. Those people who have it, they feel that emptiness, and it's really depressing when you look for something your whole life, and you, and you don't know any other goal other than that and you finally attain it, and you realize that there's nothing there either, then the whole existence becomes very empty very quickly, very suddenly. But what's the problem? You're like in peril with a double jeopardy. Because on the other side, if you make that realization, if you're fortunate, you're lucky, it's very interesting. This is a very great treasure and prize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And we receive it for free, and oftentimes people who receive a gift for free without having to work hard to get it, they don't appreciate it. And that's what the likeness of many of us who are born into, uh, uh, into the legacy of Islam, uh, you know, that's many of us, our situation and our, our describe this very well. And so what happens is once you embrace that, that you, don't, you don't want the dunya anymore, you don't want any of these things anymore. What ends up happening? The world turns on you. The Rasul sallallahu he was, I mean, they loved him. The Quraysh loved him. You know, he was the one who settled their disputes and they were happy with his settlement. He was the one who with his own Mubarak hands, they were ready to kill each other for the privilege. And they yielded it to him that they carried it to get, carried the black stone together. And he was the one who put it back in its place when the Kaaba was being remodeled. He turned his back on the, on, on the dunya of the people and he started to say the haq and what happened. All of a sudden, literally, literally the nicest person in the world who Allah ever created and will ever create. They all turned on him. 
What happened with all of those people, all of those people in every generation, including this one, including you in your own home, amongst your own relatives? Forget about like, you know, like, uh, you know, Hitler and Stalin and all these people. Your own relatives, what's going to happen? You start, you start to bring hot material off, people are going to resent it. They're going to turn on you. Some of them will learn their lesson eventually, some of them never will. But there's a lot of difficulty. And so this is the one, I want to wrap this up because Sheikh has just uh, prayed and he's coming. I don't want to impinge on his time too much more. But the one uh, small thing I wanted to share with everybody, which I shared with uh, the NSA West at the conference when I spoke there, and the year after then Sheikh Hashim went and spoke there, is what? If you say the truth, if you turn your back on this dunya, if you work for justice, if you work for what's right, if you work to tell people about uh, you know, the, their actual purpose in living is Allah, there's a lot of people who are not going to like it. There's a lot of people who are making a lot of money, and a lot of people who have a lot of political power, and a lot of people who have a lot of influence, based on maintaining the illusion that none of that stuff exists. And literally, economies will collapse if people turn away from Baal and toward Haq, and they're going to resist it. And those people are smarter than us. They're more hardworking than us. As hard as it is to believe, some of them are even prettier than us. Right? How are you going to overwhelm those odds? There's definitely way more of them. They're like an army of zombies. There's definitely way more of them. How is it that you're going to succeed in this? Whoever says la ilaha illallah, how is it that person is going to succeed in the, the path in front of him that Allah asks him for? Say Allah. Say it. Say it. Rasulullah said, Qulillah. What does it mean? Say Allah. Say it. Allah. And then be, and then be, uh, you know, be steadfast in that path. Why? Because we have a lot of talk about, you know, practicing Islam like a minority, right? With all due respect, this is my own humble Hamzian opinion, with all due respect, imagine there is a position that you have or some sort of characteristic or attribute that you have. You're the only one in the creation that has it. It's you and Allah, that's it. You're on the hawk, it's just you and Allah. Tell me, it's you and Allah and then all the rest of the creation on the other side. Who's the minority? Who's the minority? If Allah, if you're on the same side as Allah Ta'ala, you're never the minority. And the hujjah of Allah Ta'ala against His creation is that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam literally, he came down off the mountain alone. Even Sayyidina Jibreel wasn't with him, even if he was with him, no one could see. He was literally the yatim of Banu Hashim, he was an orphan of Banu Hashim, he came off the mountain alone, and the world had to bear witness that this man brought something of, of importance. So, you know, you're young people, you're in the MSA, this is not time for weak-wristed, weak socks. This is not time to give speeches about the deen being easy, even though the deen is easy. This is not the time to lower people's uh, uh, himma and courage. This is the time to fill your eyes and your hearts with what can happen. What can be, the way the world can be. This is the time to fill your hearts with these things. And don't let the person who says it cannot be done stand in the, one who, in the way of the one who's doing it. I know this, I'm saying this on my way out because I was, even when I was in NSA, there's so many things people say, oh, you want to do this? Can't be done, can't be done. You should bother me. I said, if you're not doing it, why are you telling me it can't be done? And it would happen. Now I find myself retreating into the lameness of old age. 
And I want to tell people, like, I want to tell kids who have an idea, I want to see you can't do it, it's impractical, it's a waste of time, you're going to tie yourself out. And they said, no, Hamza, don't, don't do that, don't go there. Let's see this kid, he's not doing anything, what he's going to do, is tell him not to do, he's going to sit at home and watch Netflix. She's going to go sit at home and, and, and watch uh, YouTube videos of kitty cats. This is your youth, try it. Even in your failure, you'll learn something. You'll do something great, you'll do something better. You'll change the world for the better. You'll change this America for the better. People will name their children after you because you're the one who brought Hidayah. You brought guidance into these streets that people are like, you know, abusing meth and, you know, uh, uh, entertaining themselves to death and living and dying without any purpose. Great things. You know, your goal is bigger than just becoming a doctor. I know everybody, so all of you will become doctors as well, you know? I was going to be a doctor too, mashallah. I got the, I got the 99th percentile uh, score in the MCAT. And by the time, it was actually time to apply to medical school, I lost so much interest because I wanted to study dean. Okay, don't do what I did, otherwise your parents are going to say, don't invite this guy to a conference anymore. All of you will become doctors, but that's just a stepping stone. You have so much more in front of you than that. So with that in mind, I will, I, I've already taken too much time. I will yield the floor to uh, 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 Sheikh Hashim, uh, who is uh, our learned elder. The first time I met him, by the way, he's not, inshallah, he's going to come back to America, but he's right now actually born and raised in Cleveland in, in 1950, right? And uh, uh, he lived most of his life in the Muslim world. He's currently resident in what, Karachi, Pakistan, which is where I first met him when I was studying Deen uh, overseas. And he, uh, between one decade in, in the Haram Sharif in Makam and traveling to different parts of Africa and uh, Asia, the Indian subcontinent to study Deen, studying with some of the, the greatest ulama. He's actually opened the books of Hadith. You know, in the old days they used to teach Hadith with Sanad, right? Unbroken chain of narration. He's taught Bukhari and taught these books uh, from beginning to end, uh, and all of the books below it in the, in the syllabus uh, with an unbroken chain. You can ask him if you want. Maybe he'll give you a, a Hadith, you know, like as a like example at Costco, you know, uh, with the unbroken chain. So you can be part of that Mubarak chain as well. For decades. But what? He saw the 70s. He saw the age in which, like, you know, uh, all of us couldn't sit at the same uh, uh, lunch counter or drink from the same water fountain. Let me tell you something. You want to know about, like, civil rights and about uh, uh, not drinking from the same water fountain? The people who, uh, you know, perpetrated all of these injustices, some of them are still alive and still like, like to remember those as the good old days. A day will come when the believers will drink from the house of the Prophet Which fountain will they drink from on that day? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. So this is a rare honor, inshallah. Shaykh Hashim would like to invite you up, inshallah, to uh, give some words of benefit. And please forgive me for taking from your time.